My most memorable journey is yet to come. That's how I like to think about my life because I find that my life is very exciting. I make it so. However, I want to believe that the best is yet to come. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is a gorgeous lady. She is the queen of diamonds, but she is a lot more than that. She is the managing director of an island in the Maldives. Originally, I think she wanted to become a banker. That's what I, when I was uh, studying and, and doing my research. And she is so much more, and we're going to find it all out in the next 35 to 40, 40 minutes. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Julia Castelli. Thank you for having me. What an exciting podcast. Uh, even just the name already makes me a dream and remember and uh, all of it in one. You live in the UK, Julia, but you weren't born in the UK. You were born in Bulgaria, right? Yes, I was born in Bulgaria to a Russian mother and Bulgarian father. And after that, I went to America where I met an Italian with whom I transferred to England. That's my long story short. That's a global woman. Uh, yes. <laughs> so did you speak Russian to your mother? Uh, no. As most children, I refuse to speak Russian to her. I still do. Even if she starts speaking Russian to me, I uh, gently switch off uh, to Bulgarian. It's very weird, but you choose a language to speak to your parents too. So when, when we are with Russian-speaking people, then I'm comfortable talking Russian to her, and we all speak Russian. But when we are on our own, I guess it's something from the childhood. I prefer to speak to her in Bulgarian because that's where I was born. And uh, yeah, funny enough, I speak to my Russian mother in Bulgarian. You know, I totally understand that. Isn't that funny? We are such creatures of habit because I met my <laughs> husband speaking English. I met him here in Cyprus and I speak very good Greek, but I cannot speak Greek to my husband. It doesn't, it doesn't sit well. It doesn't sound right. So it's, it's a habit that we have created at the moment when we did. Yes, I agree. I agree. So Julia, I want to go back with you to the time when you went to New York. Tell me about that experience because you went to New York and you wanted to work for a bank. I graduated, I finished my master's degree in economics in Bulgaria. And I had this dream to be a successful businesswoman. Because it was post-communist time, we didn't really have much business opportunities, especially available to women. So my only imagination was working in a bank with my economic degree. So I thought, okay, I'll I'll go to, to the state, I'll work in a bank, and I'll become very successful, and I'll have my own money, I'll make my own decisions, and I will be an independent woman. That was my original plan. And how did that work out? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily... It didn't, <laughs> because I can't imagine being sat in an office 
I mean, I admire people who have this discipline, spending so many hours at a desk. I can't. I'm totally a people's person and I need to be on the move. So it just happened that one of my first jobs was in a beautiful jewelry boutique on Madison Avenue in New York. And I fell in love with gems and diamonds. I started learning about them and I fell in love. And slowly, slowly, or actually, if I could be honest, it was a very fast career growth. So I got a better job and a better job. And I quickly understood that I can be a businesswoman in that beautiful uh, industry of jewels. So, yeah, by I think fate and destiny had it mapped out for me. So, you know how they say that life is what happens outside our plans? So uh, I'm a perfect example. But I think it's not 100% outside our, your plans because you wanted to become a businesswoman. Yes. You thought it would be by being a banker, but it wasn't. But you still became a very, very successful businesswoman. And I think it's a much more beautiful industry because I always thought I'm, I'm a travel girl. I have all, my life is hospitality and languages, but I always thought if I had to change, if there was another industry that I would have to get to know, it would be jewelry. Because I think it's probably one of the most beautiful things you can do now. How do you, how did you learn all this? Because there is a lot to know about uh, diamonds and a lot to know about gems and how they are real or not real or, or how much they are worth. Did you do that by, learn that by doing or did you do a course? Uh, both. I believe the most precious learning is through experience. And I have 23 years in the jewelry and luxury industry. So that's my biggest wealth. To complement that, I have taken different courses. I have a graduate diamond diploma from GIA, the Gemological Institute of America. And um, I have done various other courses through uh, different works that I've done. I remember while working for Chopard, we have done in-house courses about diamonds and gems. And then a lot of reading. But the, yes, the majority is really true, true experience. I have a very rounded uh, experience in jewelry. I have done retail sales, private sales, auction sales, you name it, I've done it. And uh, my latest project will be in rough diamonds. So this is really to complete the circle of know-it-all about jewels. And saying know-it-all, of course, there's, there's no one that knows it all. But you don't really need to know all about anything. Nowadays, we have internet, we have books. So, you know, there's, it's impossible to know everything. And, and, and I try to be humble and, and remember that. <laughs> Yeah, nobody knows everything. That is so true. And and as you say, we can always Google it if we don't know. Now, I picked up a few words. The retail sale. Retail sale, I, I always imagine somebody who works in a in a in a jewelry shop, it must be quite stressful to make sure that nobody steals anything. Because, you know, you, it's like oh. these things are so small and you may be, you know, looking on the other side. How does that, I have never imagined what it's like. What is that like? Well, as you said, um, 
I don't like the word stressful, but I would say it in a different way. It is a very responsible um, job. You know, you have a lot of responsibilities and all those little things, all those little sparkling things cost a lot of money. Yes. I've been, I've been very lucky in my career that it's all been safe, apart from one instance, and I'll tell you in a bit. But mainly, you know, all those things are usually insured and we usually have a lot of securities watching over us. So that's the, the good bit. But of course, you have to always be vigilant because there are people we do not know. Um, actually, sometimes we could even know them. So, But there are some people that don't have the best intentions and you have to be very careful. I mentioned about that one instance. Actually, in my career, there was one time I was working at Harrod. I was managing a jewelry boutique. Uh, it's probably better not to mention any names. Probably. And, <laughs> and, and yes, um, I had a team of four. And one of the sales team, um, she was quite new. And it wasn't her fault. Obviously, you never, you never know, but one really disappeared. And uh, so, yes, this was a, a learning experience. This was seeing and feeling that actually something bad could happen in seconds and you don't even realize. So, yes, that, that was a very stressful experience. Can imagine. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The word, I, it's not a good word, but, but uh, you know, you do have a lot of responsibility because a very, very small object is worth a lot of money. And then you mentioned private sales. And I read that you you organize um, jewelry for your clients. Clients tell you what you what they want and you go and find them. How do you go and find them? Where do you find them? I, um, I carry a few beautiful titles in this respect. And one of my favorites uh, is Sherlock Holmes of Diamonds. I read that. Yes. And actually, I was also called um, the Diamond Huntress. So that's quite exciting. And that's how I feel. It's really that exciting because those things, gems and diamonds, are so rare. Actually, they are unique. Every gem and every diamond is absolutely unique, like us, mm -hmm. like humans. So that's why I really love the, uh, the equivalent. So what happens is a client would come to me and say, they would either know what they want and it will be, Julia, I would love this shop art or Cartier or Bulgari necklace or ring for my wife. Then it's, it could be a little bit easier. But then sometimes they don't know what they want. And um, and then I could have my creativity and I, I advise them and I source different things. I, I love giving my clients choices. And when it gets tricky is when they, when they actually know what they want and they're quite specific. So one of my favorite... Um, Hunting experiences in diamonds was I had to find a 10 carat pink diamond. And the client had someone like me in Asia, someone like me in North America, and they hired me to look for that special stone for Europe. This project took eight months. 
That's how, you know, complicated and exciting it was. And there was no guarantee that I would even win the project because the client has the choice. And I totally understand that they would go for what's in their best interest, best price, best quality. But I'm happy to report that I won this project because I made everyone in the equation happy. And this is, you know, why I love my job. So I found the best stone for the best price. The client was happy. The private collector was happy. And yeah, everyone was happy. So they managed to get a fair price. They found something so unique because pink diamonds uh, around 10 carats are extremely rare. So there would have been a possibility that you could have put all this work in it for eight months and then they could have chosen the other person who is in uh, who was doing the same thing that's a risk yeah. that that's a risk that you have to take yes absolutely yes there's no guarantee and that's why you know i do a lot of risky things and i love the thrill mm-hmm. but there's no gain if you don't go, go out of your comfort zone absolutely not that is so true now the next thing that i note i noted down Rough diamonds. What 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 are you? What is that? What are you doing with that? Oh wow! So rough diamonds are the shape and form we find the diamonds in nature. Mm-hmm. So this is before they are cut and polished. So yes, that's that's a new project. I'm going to be involved uh, from January, and I'm very very excited because. I will be learning more about these very precious things. Um, Rough diamonds. Certain jewelry brands, actually the Beers is one of the most famous ones that use rough diamonds in jewelry without cutting and polishing them because there's so much beauty already in the form the diamonds are found. But of course, the most sparkle comes out of uh, cutting and polishing and all those facets bring so much brilliance to to the diamond. So I still believe cut and polished diamonds are the most beautiful, but there's so much wealth. And um I'm you know I would love to to learn more about that side of the business. So mining, rough diamonds and cutting and polishing. So I would need to go and visit the the factories and see how those processes work. And I'll be taking my clients on this journey with me. Well, people are listening to this podcast in 121 countries. So if anybody is listening here and owns a diamond mine, (laughs) 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 or jewelry brand, or whatever, anything sparkly, (laughs) anything to do with jewelry. Let's get away from them. Let's talk about travel. Because another thing that you do is you are connected to to an island in the Maldives, Itafushi, which um, I I think it's the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. So let me tell you about that. Yeah, that's one of my most exciting. uh, This goes into the file of my favorite clients, most exciting projects. So I am the managing director of Itafushi, the private island managed by Waldorf Astoria. Mm-hmm. And Waldorf Astoria, obviously, is that cherry on the top because it does put the stamp of quality. And you know that if you go to 
a Waldorf, anything Waldorf Astoria, you will get five-star service or beyond. So Italfushi is this jewel in my client portfolio, but it's a big jewel. It's actually the largest private island in the Maldives. That's amazing. You know, this is funny because I worked in the Maldives in 1985. I was a tour guide and I worked in Baros for, and I stayed there for five months. And I have never been back. I would love to see one of those luxury islands because we had no luxury. We had half, you know, our groundwater. We showered with, with groundwater. There were no desalination uh, uh, facilities. We had half salt water, half sweet water to shower with. We, it was so different. It was so funny. I mean, 1985 is nearly 40 years ago. Wow. Amazing. Oh, I have to report major development has happened, have happened. So this particular island, I mean, just to, to let you and the listeners understand. So there's the Waldorf Astoria, Itafushi Waldorf Astoria, which is a beautiful resort with 118 villas. And right next to it is the private island. So the best thing is for, you know, I work at that level in ultra luxury. So people who buy high jewelry, they're the people who hire private islands for their holidays. So the best thing about this setup is that if my clients or anyone wanting a private island, they could be as isolated and as private as they want. But if they wanted a little bit of interaction and action, then five to seven minutes by boat, uh, by, you know, a, a, a tiny boat, and you're already on the main island where there are 11 restaurants, including the only overwater Zuma restaurant in the world. Amazing, amazing. I really, really need to go back. <laughs> because my, I still have this idea of, you know, what, what it was like. Oh, my God. So this Itafushi means Pearl Island. So Ita means Pearl and Fushi means island. Yeah. So on the Pearl Island, you have a tennis court, you have a paddle court, you have a proper spa where you could do aerial yoga or any other special um, special treatments and exercises. You have a proper gym, which is super rare for a private island. Usually everything is squished, but there's so much space. And there's also nine bedrooms for very discerning clientele. So who goes to an island like that? So far... This has been a playground for royal families, head of states, celebrities from the music industry, elite sportsmen, uh, very successful businessmen, uh, quite a few billionaires. And of course, we're not able to disclose any names, but I can only promise you, you step your foot on that island and you're in paradise. I can imagine that. I mean, I, the Maldives were a paradise 40 years ago. I mean, that that the natural beauty, beauty never went away, obviously. But of course, if you have all that luxury, luxury, it must be fantastic. Fantastic. How often do you go? Well, I have been three times to the Maldives. 
But you know, the coolest thing is actually, if you were asking me um, about memorable journeys, because I, you know, I, I try to think of, of, of your podcast and what people uh, want thing to hear about memorable journeys. So for me, Maldives, and especially uh, in connection with my latest project with Itafushi Private Islands, I had the coolest Instagram caption because I could put a picture of myself traveling to the Maldives and saying, I'm off to the Maldives on a business trip, which is quite cool because usually people assume you go on holiday, right? And for me, going to the Maldives now is also um, a business trip. So that's quite My business trip. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so someone can, needs to do that kind of jobs as well. I think that's a very good caption. I mean, yeah, going to the Maldives on a business trip. Well, I went on a business trip. I went to work. Imagine I worked there for four, <laughs> five months. I, I, I was going to go crazy, but I'm still here. It's It worked out. Tell me more about most memorable journeys because you mentioned it and you mentioned that you were giving this some thought. Do you have... Uh, a most memorable journey? Is there something that you think was your most memorable journey? So my most memorable journey is yet to come. That's how I like to think about my life because I find that my life is very exciting. I make it so. However, I want to believe that the best is yet to come. I would like to believe <laughs> that too. <laughs> so I have been to more than 70 countries and to quite a few of them I have been multiple times. If it was up to me, I think I would go always to new countries because my dream is to, to be able to visit every country possible. I don't believe it's completely possible for me as a mission in this lifetime. But I'll try my best. So to answer your question, do I have the most memorable journey? This will be impossible for me to choose because I have so many different ones. But I can try to, to distinguish my favorite ones in different categories. Okay, because, let's <laughs> Because when you ask me, uh, okay, what was the most romantic journey I have taken, then I would think about my honeymoon in in the uh, on Seychelles in Seychelles. That must be what what felt one of the most romantic. So Seychelles and Brazil. Yes, because in Brazil we visited uh at least three beaches that would be uh counted as from the top 10 beaches in the world. So that's how exciting. And I remember to one of those beaches, there was a lion in the name. You had, in order to get there, you had to climb and go down stairs and very narrow paths. So it was not for everyone could get there. But once we were on that beach, it was amazing. It felt like we were the only couple there just walking and having that beach and all nature for us. In the Seychelles, I think those big rocks 
mm-hmm. are so unusual. They look like from some kind of movie and the color of the water and the white sand. I just being on honeymoon, I think it's, yeah. Uh, the romance coupled with the most exciting islands in the world. Yeah, that's, that's a very <laughs> powerful combination. I can see that your 